So Eric Valdez, one word to summarize your dinner with racers. Good. <laughs> <laughs> That's acting. Yeah. <laughs> and now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. All right, Dinner with Racers continues. I'm Sean Heckman. I'm Ryan Eversley. And uh, welcome once again to the latest installment of our series. We are uh, wrapping this whole thing up. We are somewhere outside of Atlanta on the freeway in Ryan's Acura MDX with uh, what tires? Continental tires. Uh, we are wrapping up a journey that has gone 8,000 miles. Across the country through 20 states. 30 days it took all so that you could hear 27 conversations that you in turn criticize and make fun of us on twitter for so next in our lineup uh during our la swing uh, we went out to the beautiful city of south pasadena california i believe you lived there uh it was maybe convenient for me okay and uh, we met up with uh hollywood star eric valdez my man uh, Eric is uh, known for several things. Uh, the show Graceland. He was on a little show called General Hospital. And has several things uh, in the works, including Jarhead 3. Jarhead 3. Where he plays what character? Lopez. So uh, he's got that going on. Uh, but the thing about Eric is, uh, while, yes, he's an actor, and, and through the General Hospital and Graceland stuff, he's actually very, very well known. Um, he's also a racer. True, true racer uh, to the core. Taught at Bondurant for a little while, run some Continental Tire ST races, done a ton of celebrity races, and uh, uh, if, if fingers crossed, if things work out, he may also be running the Baja 1000 this that's, year. That's right. And uh, side story about this interview, about halfway into it, I started to get what I think was food poisoning, and I literally was completely spaced out and trying not to throw up on the table. So you might notice I get a little quiet, and the other thing is that Eric has no idea until he hears this. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, uh, we went to the canoe house. By the way, Ryan never got his food, so yeah. you can't blame the canoe house for the food Which poisoning. it didn't matter. I didn't want it. Uh, and I had a chicken sandwich. <laughs> and Oh, and his girlfriend, Candace, joined us. And she was fantastic. And she's, Now, she's actually got a, radio, a lot of radio experience. She uh, does some radio hosting herself for a well-known children's network. And uh, let's, let's hear what they have to say. Thanks again to Continental Tire. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. Hey, how, how PG do we have to be? I don't cuss <laughs> a lot, but if I, if I let some stuff Don't worry slip. about it. Right. We, will, uh, we will bleep uh, words because of our, our friends at Continental, but the, the worst uh, offender of this whole thing has been me for the no, last no, 10 weeks. No, Lally. Lally was actually Lally is the pretty worst. bad. Like, right so. off the bat, he's like, uh, you know, we, we were Does talking, he, and he's like, well, cluster, well, he says and then we're like, okay, well, that's our first F-bomb. we got to delete Beep. that. Yeah. And then, like, uh, ten minutes later, he's out telling a story, and he's like, oh, you know, it was a real cluster And we're like, dude. And he goes, <laughs> and he, like, yeah. sincerely was like, no, cluster cluster is not a bad word. Yeah. And we're like, legal <laughs> expert Andy yes, Lally. Yes, it is. It's like, no. That's what yeah, it is kind of. negates yeah. the, the <laughs> dude, That scion looks awesome. It's like one of those that, whatever. That's pretty sweet little FRS. Yeah, that thing had wheels and everything on it. Yeah. It's cool. Have you driven those cars? No, I've only heard about them. Way awesome. underpowered. Phenomenal right, little chassis. really good, right? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. 
a buddy of ours, uh, John Miller. Have you met him? He raced I, we're like social media friends. Yeah. Like, kind of like we were yeah. until we finally met. He has he had one of those. I think he might actually still have it, but he was living in Orlando at the time, and he came back from a race, yeah. and he goes into it. They had like a – it's even a private parking lot, and he goes in the thing sitting on, on blocks, a scion. Like, really? We got to get those. Really? Yeah, and he was like – he only put like some like cheap – something wheels on it you Where know what i mean live? he lived in orlando at the time in a nice building <coughs> yeah wow yeah florida yeah man Good florida stuff. is uh, an interesting state yeah I spent a lot of time there the past couple of years for filming stuff yeah yeah graceland even though it takes oh, place right. in california yeah, it films in florida. out in, in florida so like last season i was there from march till august and then this year's there march and then i went to bulgaria and then i came back and then came back in, like, June. Which is, to me, that's awesome. Because, like, if you watch something like CSI Miami, half right. of it's in Long Beach. Like, you can actually see them filming on the streets and still got, like, the curbing from the Grand Prix. One of my first uh, roles out here, aside from, I think Gilmore Girls was my very first, but one of the He didn't do it, by the way. after that. Proud of him. Go on. Oh, we'll get into that. Go ahead. Uh, we'll tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. um, was uh, CSI Miami, and yeah. it was... Filmed out at um, the Hyatt Regency in Century City or whatever. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> first of all, it, it was like, I was new to TV and film. And so, you know, growing up in Texas and doing theater and stuff all my life, like, you just assume that things are real on Where TV are. or yeah. whatever. <laughs> and so I'm like, wait, I'm on CSI, my, my, but we're in... Oh, when I first booked the gig, I'm like, oh, I get to go to Miami. Right. But <laughs> anyway, it was it was a like, no. stellar role. <laughs> I had, how many lines did I have? I think I had three or four lines initially, and the only thing that made the cut was in the opening sequence of the show, and all it all it is is this. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that's it. That was it. For those listening, he looked up and to the left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, he was, but you could see it in his eyes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he yeah, sold it, it to me. On a scale of a zero to drunk, how was uh, David Caruso? <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, I didn't shoot any scenes with him. Huh, he did show up right when I was leaving. And uh, I only saw him from afar. We okay. didn't interact. So you actually. didn't. You weren't close enough to smell. No. Okay. No, I couldn't. Couldn't know. give you the the, the lowdown for real. Okay. Fair enough. Fair he enough. did stumble in a little bit. See what? Maybe that's just the way he walks. He had a limp. A little bit. Yeah. Just like kind of. But that's his character. He's getting up there. Yeah. That's like well. He's <laughs> he's method. Yes. Very much so. <laughs> he probably fell over last night. You know, and <laughs> woke up sore back. What part of Florida are you do you film in when you're down there? Uh, we are in Fort Lauderdale is where we stay, and we have a studio uh, in Fort Lauderdale near some executive airport. I can't remember exactly okay. what it's called. Yeah. But like my character had a house in Hollywood, Florida, right. and then the, the the families, the cartels compound, um, is in Sunshine Ranches. Okay. Is that right? Sure. Mm -hmm. right. Something sure. like that. Yeah. yeah. It's where where the Rock lives. It's like a bunch of horse property. Oh, okay. It's cool. Badass. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's Mexico. It's as close to Mexico as you can get in Florida because there's yeah, yeah, desert. Yeah. It was tough to shoot that. And, and then you were in Bulgaria. I'm going to guess, looking at your IMDb, Jarhead 3. Yes. I called it. Yes, you did. Non-union. No, it was totally. No? Dude, really? It was four different projects over there. I had yeah, no yeah. clue that anything was going on in Bulgaria. Oh, Why the heck yeah, would you ever go there? Yeah, yeah. And it was <coughs> us. It was... Um, uh, uh, not what's the sequel to Olympus Has Fallen or London Has Fallen? Yeah, We're right. Filming that out there, um, some animated film and another. All four productions going. They have two studios out there. Right. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a thing. Eastern yeah. Europe is like a it's a whole mecca. Of it it's now. it's probably the non-union part probably does apply to every other trade aside right. from actors Except and directors. What? So yeah, yeah, yeah. They can get cheap labor and I mean tax breaks and all sorts of yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Have you seen Olympus Has Fallen? No. no. It is it is something of 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 admire. 
Is it? Yeah, it is. It's amazing. Well, no, not it's not a. You got to appreciate it for what it is, which is not good. Right. Uh, <laughs> go into it expecting an if you, Oscar yeah, if you film. If you go in expecting what you're going to watch, then you're going to appreciate it. I mean, my favorite part is how Gerard Butler. <laughs> you can't tell if he's supposed to be American or Scottish. <laughs> You know, like at one point he's like, I'm going to go up through the ventilation. And you're like, wait, I thought you were an American. Okay, whatever. Wait, you totally got to hear Candace's Scottish accent. Yeah, 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 we do. That was a killer. It's terrible. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're big on impressions on this show. It's like we're in Scotland. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And now now do your Latina. It sounds pretty much the same. Yes. What? Here we are. Half Latina accent. Okay, just get mad. You're half Latina. I am half. Right. See how we did <laughs> Real country what? <laughs> the Latina part doesn't come out. The white girls. Basic white girl. Basic white girl. So you have to explain now what you're proud of, Eric, for not doing. Okay, so um, there is an uh, 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 you. It's funny. You and I, even though I have never had an interest in acting, you and I have had interesting parallel careers between making it work in entertainment, and making it work in racing. Mm-hmm. But the opposite. You know, I started my career in entertainment and started moving over towards, uh, or I started my career. Yeah, the entertainment move towards racing, right? As you kind of cross back into Hollywood and vice versa. Yeah. Um, um, but one thing I've always noticed that actors do is that you know you could be on Seinfeld and no one ever addresses it. Oh, you know, and then I was on Seinfeld. They always have to feel this need to address the show as though they're being humble. Like, and then I was on the show called Seinfeld. Um, it's a total actor move, and you didn't <laughs> do that when you mentioned Gilmore Girls. So I'm very proud of you. Thank you. So. I, I I will admit I'm guilty of that every now. Don't call me out on this. I was gonna call you out. Call him out. Call him out. Call him out. But Ask him what show he was on before Graceland. What were you on before Graceland? I was on a show called General <laughs> Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Is that on television or? <laughs> uh, yeah, in some areas. Okay. Yeah, rural America. Rural. Yeah. Now, I understand there are some shows that maybe you haven't heard of. Jarhead Three. Um, but Come on, uh, man. I haven't no, heard. No, of I'm excited about two. Jarhead three. I didn't know Jarhead two. Actually, that's, 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 that's the thing everybody says. Like, they didn't oh, know. there was a Jarhead. There, two. It was straight right. to video, right? Because I saw it. Was. it. Yeah. <coughs> what, what? I didn't see it. I, I saw the first one. I'm a uh, when I'm doing video edits. I'm a big fan of the white noise, Netflix in the background, and sometimes you just want something that you know you're not going to pay attention to. Right. Sure. So Jarhead two came up, uh-huh. and I was like, oh, well, there it is. Well, I'm, I'll provide some more white I'm noise for you here soon. Here's a here's a real question. How is there a Jarhead 2? Is it because Matthew Swafford wrote the first book mm-hmm. about Jarhead, and so it's a biography, you know, or kind of right. like recounting his tales. And then is the second book like a continuation that he did, or is it, or sorry, second movie, or is it, is I it, is your movie have anything to do with that, or is it no, just like good concept, keep it going kind of I thing? I think that's basically okay. it. Is somebody yeah. got the rights to the concept of the film right. and said, hey, we can do this for a relatively low budget and still make it exciting so let's run with it right. and that, I mean and again this is just me speaking from I didn't sit down with the execs at Universal and sure. say how did you gather the rights to this film but that's that's what seems to make sense um, so yeah I, I don't think it's I don't think it really has any correlation or, or trueness to this particular story um, I won't I won't tell you all about it because you got to be somewhat oh, I'm very excited know. about this. <laughs> Somewhat surprised. Okay, and, and I looked it up. Your character's name is Lopez. Yeah, which it's made me so happy. It's. <laughs> <laughs> Why did that Hollywood? make you happy? Hollywood. Nothing. Nothing. It's never. You're never. Like, I would love to see you in Jarhead Three, and it's like your name is Smith. Right. You know, see, or Johnson or something. This brings or up like, an interesting yeah, point because <laughs> I kind of like kind of like her here. I am half her, my fiance. I am. Uh, I'm half half Latino, half yes. <laughs> And half, well, my mom's side is like English, Irish, and Native sure. American. And okay. then my dad's is like Mexican and Spaniard and Native. So I'm a big okay. mutt in reality. Sure. 
But yes, like Hollywood says, oh, your last name is Valdez. You must play Latino. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much all the time. Right. And it, and it's here recently. It's it's hindered me a little bit. Right. I there's been a couple of shows that I've gone out for that killed in the audition room. Don't tell me you're too brown. Went to for producers. It. No, I wasn't quite Latino enough. That's awesome. Oh, uh, okay. Hollywood. Yeah. Did you button that shirt all the way up? I did. Only yeah. the top one, like right, that. Just and the top just, one. I was like, yeah. hey, what's up, eh? And wow. they still didn't buy it. I, I bought it right there. Yeah. Well, were they like yeah. hardcore roles? Uh, the one of them was. Okay. Actually, both of them kind of were. Well, I mean, we can talk a little bit about it. It's uh, one of them was for John Singleton's new show on FX. Um, ironically, I, again, I, I played a drug lord, psychotic guy on Graceland, and then this show is set in the '80s during the cocaine boom, okay. and then so was the other show actually. So I would have gone from playing a drug lord to a drug lord, in either way, shape, or form. Sure. However, even though I just got through playing a drug lord, somehow I wasn't drug lordy enough for right. these. It's, I don't know, Hollywood is a little strange sometimes in, in that, but it makes it exciting, I what's, guess. What's your experience as a drug lord in real life? Like anything there to pull from? Oh, dude, yeah, all the time. I mean, that's how I paid for my car habit growing up. And <laughs> nice. And I was right on the border of Seattle, Juarez, Mexico, so it was easy. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Because <laughs> you grew up in El Paso, right? I did. I grew up in El Paso, which which is right there <laughs> next you. to like the, the yeah. mecca of... We've Bringing everything into this country, we literally just drove through there on our uh, on our I'm little sorry. road trip, and and like you look, yeah, you look out to the left basically if you're headed e uh, west, yeah, and it's like that's Juarez right oh, there, is. yeah, it's crazy. So you said you drove so, late at uh, night, you didn't uh, see okay. any of it during the so day. Actually, no, that was during the day. Where where was it that we drove from? Where we saw everybody getting pulled over? That was late at night. Oh that no, was that Texas. was going uh, Houston to Austin. Houston to Austin, yeah. We yeah, assume whatever like stretch that was must be a bad area because uh, even though it was in the middle of nowhere, we probably passed like. 15 cop cars, multiple cars in each stop, pulling people over, going through trunks and everything. And so, Interesting. Yeah, middle of nowhere. Yeah, It is, I mean. <laughs> you all right? Sean's, I'm good. Sean's all right. Hey, I'm good. Someone's got to produce this thing. <coughs> someone's it produces it. Someone's got to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, in that case, you're out. I'm you're, out. You're out, Sean. Take yeah. a break. Are you busy for the next 20 days? Put in Candace. Yeah. <laughs> they called in from upstairs. Put in Candace. <laughs> I like your shirt. I like your shirt. Thanks. So this is better in their shirt. So here, now here's the, so because you guys are in these matching shirts. Here's the thing that honestly got confused with me. Because that's what you guys do all the time, right? Yeah. So like, thank you. I understand you showed up, and you had you were wearing the same shirts by accident. What do we got? That still means you possess the same shirts. Salad. This is very true. Yes. Thank you. No worries. Like, did you guys go shopping one day and you had you decided you both needed it, or how did you end up with the same thing? He picked this shirt out for me at Zara. He's like, this one looks really cool. Because I did. I said, I was like, hey. I like that shirt, and for a reason, I have one like it. So here's the thing. So you're eating salad right now. What have you got? You got the... the it's <laughs> got some wonton chips on it. Nice. Some tomatoes, and s I forget what, what Homeboy said the dressing was. Because uh, according to... And I, I know actors lie about their age, but I'm going to assume you're actually being honest with yours. Mm -hmm. um, you and I are exactly the same age now. <laughs> I am older by one month. Are you really? And I think that explains why I look 10 years older. So <laughs> the next the next four weeks for you are going to suck. I'm just putting it that way. It's going to get real bad real yeah, quick. It's going to get real bad. Go downhill from here? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Damn. Oh. I got nothing. Well, I'll just enjoy it for... <clears throat> For well, however long it lasts. Get your headshots taken now. Right now. Yeah. Mm. Basically, <laughs> what we're saying. Um, wait. What's your birthday exactly? March twenty second. Okay. So, and you're like sometime in April, is that right? No, August. August. Oh, that's, okay. That so it all six right months. There. That's right. Six that's months. the difference right there. Uh -huh. So, enjoy, man. <clears throat> but yeah. this is gonna be a weird age for an actor. Like I, I would assume mid thirties is that point where you can start playing fathers. And especially if you're Latino um, in, in roles, you can believe you like so fathers are like fathers 10. 17. Exactly. <laughs> 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 Grandpa Lopez. <laughs> um, 
But it's a weird age because you can still probably, like, and you're a young-looking guy, so you can probably, I probably couldn't play high school stuff, but you could still yeah. play, like, a guy just out of college or some yeah. young upstart or a dad. I feel like, oh, wow. 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 Radio professional. The radio pro just put Spam Masubi <laughs> all over her mic. That's no, awesome. No, I didn't. <laughs> that was my ring. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like so many movies now are mailing it in on that stuff. They're like, yeah. you know, ah, whatever. No one cares that this 30-year-old is playing, yeah. playing a high school kid. Because I've, I've seen movies. One of them is, like, sticking out to me, and I can't think of it right now. But you're like, wait, wait, no, no, they're not in high school. Right. That, that dude's 45 years old. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you'll be fine. They've been doing that yeah. for a while. I mean, I the, the sad thing is, in my opinion, characters get very interesting in their 30s. Because it's pretty true to life. Like, right. your 20s are weird as shit. And it's, you know, you're trying to figure yourself out and life out and everything like that. Then you get in your 30s and your mid-30s. The life has evolved a bit. You've got a lot of stories. You know, things have happened and everything. So the characters then become a little more interesting inherently. Right. I don't play my age. Like, I, I, I've never, you know, I've always been, you know, five to seven years younger than what I really am in terms of characters I play. Which isn't a bad thing. Like I said, that's that's, that's a wonderful thing to, to look yeah, younger nice than, than you do. Yeah. But... I, I mean, I, I yeah, I'm I don't have that problem, by the way. <laughs> Go on. You look fantastic, by nah, the way. That's not true. <laughs> that scrub that's, is killing that's, it. Yeah, that's he might a be a good actor, but I didn't buy that. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point out that I Google image searched uh, Eric Valdez racing, and I came up. Nice. Oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah it's a very small picture of my race car, but oh, it's, it's, wow, I'm taking it. I'm going to be showing that to girls at the bar. Sweet. <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> you, you I was on a show called General Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Did I do that right? Do you actually say I was on a show called General Hospital? Yes, I've said that. Holy I'm going to be honest about it here. Oh. Look, here's the deal. You walk a fine line because you're like, oh, I was on General Hospital or I was on a show called General Hospital or right. I did this show called General Hospital. Uh, you, there's no good way of saying it. Either way, you sound kind of like a pompous ass. No, like, I get that. But uh, to me, I don't know. To me, it's the same as like, because we've all met that guy who's like, as you saw on my Twitter. And like, no, I wasn't well, checking your <laughs> damn Twitter. <laughs> I would um, never no. say something like that. I don't think oh. they're, they're exactly <laughs> I the <would>. same. <laughs> you, yeah, he's done it. So. That's every conversation with us. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, I know you saw my Twitter. But uh, <laughs> no, I get I get that it's a tough thing. But I, I respect that you said Gilmore Girls to us. It's just we would know, and, and, and rightfully so. All right, let's talk a little bit about racing because you're obviously – Probably pop more popularly known as a as an actor from Jarhead Three, <laughs> and uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, but uh, you're you're an actual car guy, and I, I wasn't sure until we met, which is about a couple weeks ago now. It's been like a couple months. Man. Has it been? Yeah, I've been so gone so much that I don't even know anymore. But thank you. Um, your tacos are here, Sean. Yeah, we've thank got you. tacos and mahi mahi. Cool. Are you serious? <laughs> uh, it's fine. <laughs> Oh no, I'm good. No, this this is all I want. Awesome, thank you. The less vegetables, the better. Okay, uh, between he and I, who would you say is older? Between Don't answer that. Okay, <laughs> Don't answer that. I'm asking you a question. Poor guy. I think we all are. This poor guy. I dare you to guess how old I am. I'm not touching that at all. All right. <laughs> so you came to the World Challenge IndyCar race at Sonoma. We chatted for a bit, and I was shocked because a friend of ours, Gunnar Jeanette, came up who's a former Ford factory guy and had just done some Mustang launch with the new, you probably remember what it was, the Shelby GT350 or something. I think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you guys were like rattling off stuff together and I just kind of lost interest because I'm not that into cars. Like I love cars, but I don't remember paint codes. 
like you do because you were literally like, oh, yeah, no, I ordered that one, but it doesn't come in the gray I wanted, so I got the silver. And I'm going <laughs> to add a clear coat to it. It'll make the gray. And I was just like, I got to go sit down. I'm going to go <laughs> polish my race car. Yeah, now. exactly. <laughs> um, but that's when I knew you were actually a car guy. Now, for the folks listening at home that are your followers that don't follow racing, mm -hmm. you and I race in the same series, the Continental Tire Series. Yes. And this year you were only able to do the Daytona season opener yeah. because you have a job. I have a job that right. gets in the way, unfortunately, right. and fortunately at the same time. Exactly. We, we spoke with uh, C.J. Wilson earlier. He has the same thing. He's only able to really do one race a year, which is the 25 Hours of Thunder Hill, because his schedule right. is, is too wrapped around the other stuff. So talk about how the – uh, Continental Series ride came together for you, you know, how you got paired up with uh, Rebel Rock and that whole thing. Yeah, so, I mean, being out here in the entertainment industry, it's a small community, whether it be acting, you know, music in this case, uh, radio, whatever it is, everybody kind of, when you get to a certain level where you're at least working, you know, I'm definitely not Tom Cruise or even Dempsey's level for, for that matter, but at least I'm able to do it for a living. So once you get there, the it's it's sad actually the amount of people who can actually do what i do for a living is minuscule i mean you look at like professional actors quote unquote the you know members of the, the union sag and aftra i think the median income and this is including you know everybody from from your you know first starting out to tom cruise and the median income annually is like $5,600 per year. Wow. Is what including, your professional <laughs> actors Including the big make. guys. Right. Wow. So yeah. if you think about that, how it averages out, it's pretty – the numbers are stacked against you even even more heavily than in motorsports in some cases. Right. And we'll get more into that in a minute because these two things are completely parallel in a lot of ways that I didn't even initially realize. Sure. But so, you know, you get to cer this certain level, you get kind of in a community of working people and – and uh, through mutual friends, I ended up meeting Jim Johnson. I, I knew who he was through his music and everything Jim like Johnson, that. Jim Johnson, the owner of Rebel Rock. Yes. And also a very successful record. Grammy-winning yep. producer. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, he's uh, and a really nice guy. Yeah, um, good dude. And so we, we ended up getting we, – we were kind of put in each other's lives, so to speak, just through friends. Hey, you guys both love cars, blah, blah, blah. Let's talk. And, and long story short, I mean, there's much more to the story, but we, we – Ended up getting together one day out in Florida when I was filming out there. The girl who plays my sister on Graceland, she knew Jim from back in the day. I guess one of the, the guys she dates, um, either dated or the guy she's currently dating, is also in the music industry and knows him. And so paired us up and everything. We talked about it. I said, look, I'd, I want to get back into racing in some way, shape, or form. Let's make this happen. Talked about it over a few months. And then uh, Daytona came about, and we were able to kind of package something together there. And initially, it was going to be, you know, I, I knew I couldn't commit to a full season. I didn't know exactly how my year was going to play out because sometimes, you know, we don't know as actors when, when we're working again, you know. And so, but I knew I could commit to it, to Daytona and then Sebring. I committed to both of those initially with the caveat that, hey, if something happens, I got to go. Like, yeah. that's just how it is. So did Daytona, um, which was amazing. I mean, you know, again, for a diehard car motorsports guy, like you said, it's, Literally, I, I you know rolled up there and I'm going through the tunnel into the infield and just this get is your chills. first time and ever being yeah there. first time yeah. ever being at Daytona, yeah. and I'm like holy shit I'm I'm not only just coming to check this place I'm actually going to drive this this yeah. place here in a second this is <coughs> insane and so it it I I went from age 36 or 35 at the time down to like age 15 and right. was just it was the coolest thing in the world and this was for the roar initially went out there to, to test and everything because again i'd never been a, at daytona it's not the most technical track in the world but 
it's it's higher speed. It's I'd never driven anything with that amount of banking, and I'd never been in the car that I was going to drive. So definitely had to go out there and get some seat time. We did that, and you know, got up to speed fairly quickly. Um, and again, this is at this point, and there we're skipping through a few things here and there. But this is probably it had been eight, nine years since I'd been in anything at that level of competition. I'd done some one-off endurance kart races right. here and there or, you know, a, a charity race here or there or whatever, but not in, in this group of professional drivers like yourself and everything that, that do this day in and day out. It's just a little intimidating, and you get that little bit of self-doubt like, well, shit, am I still going to be fast? Right. Nobody's The good and the bad is nobody's expecting me to be any good. Oh, here comes this actor guy. Let's sure. throw him in a car and right. let him make a fool out of himself. Right. So the good part of it is I'm not expected to be fast. The bad part of it is if I lived up to that stereotype, then I look like an asshole anyway. Right. So I went in it with just the, the mindset of, hey, let me just challenge myself. I'm not going to worry about anybody else or, or you know even being trying to podium, trying to do that. It's just pointless at this point. Right. So I went into it. Got up to speed pretty quickly. There was a couple little, couple little uh, mishaps here and there. Didn't ball the car up. I I did spin it in the kink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. the worst place. You it's could the spin worst it. yeah. place to. Here I am talking to guys at like Andy Lally and other guys, which were a huge help, and asking them, you know, this and that, blah blah blah, and like this kink. It feels like I can go a little faster. And oh yeah, you can go flat through there. Not realize, realizing that Andy and these other guys are in cars that have a lot more downforce than we do and know the track. And if you're six inches off your mark on entry, it doesn't work out so well for you. So I found that out the hard way. Right. Spun it, four <coughs> flat spotted tires, kept it on track, and everything was good. But uh, it, it definitely kind of checked me up a bit and said, right. okay, let's just let's take this a little slower. So anyway, we get to the whole point with – race day and everything coming around and then you know again it's a whole different ball of wax when you're when you're in a group of i think we had 50 some odd cars between the two classes on the grid right and unfortunately we qualified we struggled with car setup the whole week uh or th two three days prior to the well, race he's definitely a driver and <laughs> yeah, he's already complaining the setup well now i mean it, it literally <laughs> like it was just it, it was it was bad and we were trying to figure it out and throwing everything at it and you know, I'm trying to give as much feedback as possible, even though I haven't really driven sure, the track. Sure. And Jim's given his feedback. He has driven the track, knows the car, et cetera. And we're both on the same page. So something's not right. Long story short, we qualified terrible. I think we qualified 27th. Where did we qualify? Out of 32 cars or something like that in our field. Um, and I, I qualified the car because I was going to start. Obviously, Jim, knowing the track, he's going to close, blah, blah, blah. That's just the plan we had there. And so started 27th. We knew we were starting 27, so there's not a whole lot to lose. They just basically scrapped everything, started from scratch, realigned the car, redid this and that. And I go out for morning practice the next morning, and it's a night and day difference. The car is way easier to drive. It's not pushing. It's not. So I'm like, okay, we got something we can work with here. And I start the race. And that first time you go into like turn one with all these cars just funneling in is insane because you're you're carrying some good speed, you know. By the time you get there already on cold tires and everything. Well, in the starting lineup for the Continental Series, it's a very mixed level of talent going into turn one with that series. Right. So, okay. so. I mean, I mean, understandably so. Yeah. And and so I, you know, I I go through there. I make through turn one. I'm like, okay, we got that part done. Now let's start trying to see what we can do. And worked my way up. I think I turned the car over and. Where was I at? <laughs> ninth? Just say ninth. third. Okay. No, I brought it up to ninth, third. which was which ninth. was pretty I mean that was that was a lot of fun moving up sure. through the field like that. And um 
handed over, and then unfortunately we had some more car issues with Jim getting in the car and everything like that. Anyway, the, the whole thing was just an amazing weekend, and Jim and I got along really well. Unfortunately, after that weekend, just between scheduling and just different things, there's no hard feelings between Jim and I at all. I, I love the guy. We were on a couple different pages, I think, after that weekend, and so uh, with that said, and then the fact that I had to start filming uh, you know, Graceland right away, which films in Florida, which I thought would make it easy to drive across the state to Sebring. Right. Literally, like a week before that is when I found out I had to go to Bulgaria to do this film, so that scrapped that. Right. And then it just kind of snowball effect filming all year. I didn't get back to L.A. and done until the end of June and then proposed to this one. And so that took up some there we go. Some time. What would you say? What would you say? Oh, she said she yes. Said yes. Said okay, yes. cool. Yeah. Yes. 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 She said, I guess so. All right. <laughs> it was so actually, really of awkward. course, but I guess so. Cool. Nice but, job. Um, <laughs> thank you. No, I was talking to her. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 but uh, it's, you know, the, the reality of it, and this is where I, I kind of have to keep these things in check, is the only reason I'm even getting these opportunities to get back in race cars now is because Again, not being Tom Cruise or Patrick Dempsey, but I'm a little more marketable than your average 19-year-old right. kid, Absolutely. which I once was right. Right. and was pissed because couldn't come up with the money to yep. get in, a, in, yeah, in right. a ride and, and all this other stuff. But understanding the business side of things now, yeah, when you go to talk to sponsors and be like, oh, yeah, here he's decently quick in a car, blah, blah, blah. Oh, by the way, he's also on a TV show, so right. he can do a few things yeah. outside the track. It makes it so much easier. Yeah. So knowing that and keeping that as a priority, I had no choice but to right. continue to work. And right. So I missed out on the bulk of the – well, the rest of the entire season, as it were. But um, at this point in life, I, I, I've accepted that. I mean, I guess if we go all the way back and talking about parallels and stuff like that, my number one passion was always motorsports. As a kid, that's all I ever wanted to do was, you know, race F1. That was a goal, which at seven, eight years old, you know, a kid with no money from America – Never really stood much of a chance, but you couldn't tell me that. Like, right. that's that's what I wanted to do and what I was going to do. And at that age, you have no idea how big the world really is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I, you know, at the same time, I, I did theater growing up and everything. So those were always my two passions. Motorsports was number one. And I chased that dream for years and worked at the Bonnerant School as an instructor for a while. You know, got paid nine bucks an hour or something stupid, but good networking, you know, and that's right. what a lot of this is about in both industries. Yeah, relationships. The whole um, time. Yeah. It just never really worked out. I, I ended up moving out to California for a couple of reasons. I got a, a chance to, to, to do a show called Gilmore Girls. There it <coughs> is. We're going to look. Hang on. I gotta, I'm going to Google that. <laughs> um, and uh, also to test in uh, uh, Star Cars, Pro Formula Mazda. Yeah. So a buddy of mine, Michael McDowell, who used to work at Bonnerant with me, he was racing uh, that that car, and then he up. <laughs> these tacos are amazing sounding. Sean, that sound effect was fantastic. I mean, <laughs> really good. It's a good taco. It sounds like it. All right, go on. Um, so Michael McDowell, he moves up to run prototypes, and his seat's available. Talk to the guys at Star Cars, set up a test, come out here. I was coming out here anyway because I decided I wanted to give a go at television and everything as well. <clears throat> Long st story short, and everybody who's a racing fan is familiar with these stories, they wanted 400 grand for an 11 race series, yep. which is, you know, it, it's an open wheel feeder series. It's like playing minor league ball. They don't get a lot of TV time. They don't get a lot of live viewership. They, so when you're talking about return on investment, 
Which again, back then, I didn't fully understand because I just, I'm like, why, why can't I go race cars? Just, you know, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll put in the work. I was, you know, like the, anything that I could say to convince somebody that I would be worth it, there's just from a business standpoint, didn't make sense. So I shelved that dream. Right. Kind of chose to focus on acting, you know, kind of begrudgingly. Like, it, it was bittersweet. That's all I ever wanted to do. And here here's one dream kind of being crushed. And... So I shelved that and said, you know what? Well, screw it. At least if I follow this this other dream, <laughs> it's no nowhere near more secure. But uh, it, it, it the monetary investment wasn't there. All I had to do, if I worked hard on myself and I, I worked on my craft, so to speak, and all these other things, like and networked and did everything that I knew I was capable of doing, in my mind, it was just a matter of time. Right. And you know, call it confidence call it positive thinking whatever i don't i don't consider myself better than any other human being on this planet by any means but i do have a good work ethic and i i know how hard i work towards things that dreams to me are not unattainable you just have to really work towards right. them and fast forward to now that was the smartest thing i ever did in reality because if i was mid-30s racing cars now and decided i wanted to go be an actor and pursue that dream the chances of that happening would be slim to none. Right, exactly. I'll never be an F1. I've accepted that. Um, but with sports car racing, I've grown. I mean, that's kind of what I started with anyway. I started off autocrossing and then went into sports car racing and then ran ICC shifter carts for a while. And then now I'm you know, back in sports car racing. And the wonderful thing about it is you can do it till you're 75. I think Paul Newman did it till he was 74, 75 years yeah. old. You can do it <coughs> the rest of your life. And on pretty competitive levels. I mean, Continental Sports Car Challenge, for example, is is filled with, like you said, a, a varying amount of talents, which, in all honesty, really helps with racecraft and stuff. Because you can't just, you know, not everybody is an elite driver out there. So you, ca you can challenge certain people, and then other people, you, you watch what they're doing. And not that I'm, you know, on the upper echelon there. I probably fall somewhere in the middle. But it really kind of teaches you you know, racecraft and car control and all these things that I was afraid I'd forgotten right. having been away from it for so long. Yeah, you look at a guy like uh, Scott Pruitt, he's 55 years old yep. and still winning <coughs> races oh, yeah. overall and, you know, giving, doing as good as his young teammates, you know, exactly. who were just in DTM a year ago. Well, so. and, and to your point, you know, you, by doing what you're doing now, you're raising your own profile for marketability. But the other thing is, is and, and we look at a guy like Patrick Dempsey, who's a, a shining example of this, um, in a, something like sports car racing where your co-driver is a big part of maybe some of your funding or where you're going, um, you're, you're a guy that somebody's wife would want to hang out with. And in a weird way, that may really, really help you down the road. You're taking my, you're taking my thing. Yeah. That's my yeah, thing. That's no, your bid. Right. My bid is it's be true. likable because half of this is hanging out with wealthy guys that do this for fun, Sean. Or that's just every goddamn sports car driver, Ryan. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, you know, because I, I get the question all the time, well, how do you make it? How do you make it? And it's like, I mean, you're probably not going to make it because yeah. making it doesn't last forever in sports car racing, you know what I mean? There's yeah. no really resting on your laurels. Um, but, uh, you know, if the guy that's paying for your race doesn't want to go have dinner with you afterwards or bring his wife around you, yeah. you're not going to keep that ride. Because uh, we say this all the time, and kind of going to your point, if you work on yourself in the acting thing and keep trying and keep trying keep trying, you're going to get an opportunity eventually. Right. In sports car racing or in any form of racing, sometimes you can have – a little bit of money behind you and a bad attitude. The money goes away quick mm -hmm. you know, because of that. So, 
your uh, you can keep eating. It's fine. Uh, we can take a break if you want to actually well, eat. Too. We can just talk amongst but ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How Candace, are you doing, man? You good? Uh, yeah. I'm not talking <laughs> to you. I want to talk to Candace for crying out loud. Dick. How did? Are you from Texas? You're from Texas too. I am. Yeah. And how did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> this, this thing. And what happened? Yeah. Um, my one friend when I moved out to LA, I only had one. Are my levels okay? Uh, radio professional, there. You want to put it yeah. by the mic? All right. I can't. This is weird. I don't normally use a mic. Like do you guys, do you use like a proper? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, One yeah. of those metal ones that hangs from the ceiling. No. no. Have you ever tried to do like the old time talkie voice? <laughs> and here on Radio <laughs> like, Disney. Like the classic radio guy. Yeah, yeah, here yeah. Radio Disney. One of the radio. Probably see? sounds like right, a Star right. accent. <laughs> probably it's really bad. Descendants too. <laughs> <laughs> um, hit my one friend when I moved here from Texas. Um, turned I still out hear to a little Texas, by the way. Yeah, oh yeah. it comes it. and goes. Oh yeah, go on. I'm really focused Give right now. Give her a little wine. It's it's all in. It's we can. Shots. I mean, if that's your <laughs> shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, my the only person I knew in LA when I moved here ended up being his entertainment manager. Okay. So he kind of you know set us up. Sure. Now are you also will. are you also acting or is radio what you do now? Just radio. Okay. Yeah. Very good. I just talk and do some on camera hosting, TV stuff. It's funny because uh, uh, what, every time we've done this, I'll just like Google image search and like Wikipedia, whoever we're talking to, and just get you know. So you're creeping right ahead. now online. Yeah, but not oh, yeah. you on my man Eric. Yeah, over okay. There. Yeah, just I mean I do this anyway, so it was like I just went to we like, all do it. You know, favorites. Mm -hmm. Clicked Eric. You know, brought it right up. <laughs> but what's funny is that while we're sitting here, I'm just kind of like scrolling through photos, and there's like you know Eric's funeral. Um, one of Eric's <laughs> weddings, one of, you know, he's in the, because it's all General Hospital or right. whatever TV show pictures. And I was just looking, I'm like, that doesn't look like her. <laughs> 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 well, so, so that would actually, <clears throat> when I worked at uh, <clears throat> the old NBC studios, which was just a, a few miles down here on in, in Burbank, mm -hmm. um, the uh, I was never a page, but the single biggest thing that the pages always got was they were upset that the soap operas weren't shot there. You know, like Passions was the big thing at the time. And they were all like, there's no passions. <laughs> so, um, so I Aww. learned, I learned at a very early age that, that soap opera fans can, uh, they may listen. So I don't want to say they're nutty, um, but they're very passionate. They're, um, That's so, a good yeah. word. So, so I assume you still get recognized quite a bit, but, uh, but I, but, but I don't care about you, Eric, uh, Candace, uh, <laughs> how I do, there's gotta be like Thanks, random girls who stop and be like, Oh my God, it's Dr. Trey, whatever you are. And Trey Mitchell. Uh, Trey Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, how do you, uh, do you, do you, is there a part of you that's like, oh, you hands off? Not, no, never. Really? Just because he makes me feel so secure all the time. Right. And yeah, I'm such about. a like selfie taker that I just want to take their phone and make sure I get a good picture that they're going to tag him in. <laughs> you okay. appreciate their struggle. Yeah. You're like, let me make sure I you get the lighting right. I got this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> take it up high. That way you don't have a no neck, chin situation. Right. She's been amazingly supportive, which is part of the reason why I'm marrying her. Right. I mean, you know, <laughs> but she's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, we're, tell well, us more about how amazing I am. Well, we're going to, we're going to tell a little story about an ex, um, real quick, just because Which it's side, his, yours or hers? Mine. Okay. okay. No. So you were, you were Awkward. mentioning like the, <laughs> you're mentioning like kidding. the, like the wedding photos and the, this and that. For yeah. It's really funny hospital. actually. Yeah. I'm so eat while you tell a this. girl I dated prior to Candace, um, literally I was, I was dating her when I first got on general hospital and everything like that. And, when I got married on the show, she lost her <laughs> Like, she, what? yeah. She on just, the show. On the character. Show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She couldn't, wow. she couldn't quite Acting? separate reality okay. from what? from that. Really? You knew this story. Don't I act like you didn't. I've never heard this story. You did. She's like, Trey. No. <laughs> it's part of the <laughs> no, reason Eric, she was. No, Eric. I'm Eric. She's like, listen, Trey. <laughs> we need to talk. I'm like, is this an audition? 
Wait, I want to hear the rest of this because I've never yeah. heard this, guys. Sorry. You've heard this story. Candace has a selective memory. I have terrible memory, yeah. Proceed. No, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> this Although, unless you're going to fight more, and then, yes, let's hear more. We don't fight. This Was, is as, yeah, this we're is no as good argumentative as we get. Is the, is the ex an actress? No. Okay, so it wasn't like she, she no. should know better. She's crazy and not in the business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she also was the same girl who, after we broke up, like a month or a month and a half down the road, ends up sending me a text picture because we had a storage unit together and I had a, a separate set of wheels for one of my cars and a whole bunch of other shit. She sends a text message with the picture of all my stuff on the side of the road in Venice Beach. Yes. And I'm like, <laughs> we can oh, hang. All right. We can uh, definitely hang. This is uh, this is exactly why we're not together <laughs> Just anymore. Just to be sure you don't want me back, I'm gonna do this. Yeah. Now, uh, back to life advice for our uh, for our listeners, <laughs> because that's what really this really is. This is a life advice kind of show. It's a service. Uh, uh, did she did she have Dr. Uh, Ryan? Did she have daddy issues? No, actually. Really? It's okay. kind of creepy when you say daddy. daddy. Just say no, dad, issues. dad issues. Say dad issues. Okay. Daddy. Because I argue that dad issue girls, while a terrible idea, are a ton of fun. <laughs> we just had this discussion yeah. on the way out here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm not going to comment on that. Um, <laughs> That's a yes. But no, no, she didn't. She didn't have any daddy issues. She was just nuts. Yeah. Okay. And not an actress. So where do you stand on dating actresses, Candace aside? Back to life advice. <laughs> would you, would you say it's a terrible no, idea? No, stay away well, from let's, it. Okay. God, there you go. <laughs> 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 Having said all that, who's Kelly Sullivan? She's hot. Oh, she. Here's the here's I the funny that, thing. Yeah. <laughs> About Hollywood and you talking earlier about ages and playing different things. She is a year older than me in right. real life, and she played my mother on General Hospital. Nice. Uh, nice. And she's, she's a very attractive woman. In, I don't the, quite in, in the photos, it looks like I thought that was going to be the girl you married on the show no. that your ex-girlfriend went crazy about. That's my mom, yo. Yeah, look. <laughs> dude, like, look at this picture of these two. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's your mom on the show. <laughs> that's mom. Yeah. <laughs> Nuts. So if yeah. you read the, nice. if you read the, because uh, as much as we look like big uh, soap opera fans, we're not. Um, <laughs> Speak for yourself, oh. bro. Uh, <laughs> re- if you read like the Wikipedia about Dr. Trey Mitchell, he he's had a very not long a doctor. You had a rough go. Oh, excuse me. He's a janitor. Janitor Trey Mitchell. He's a janitor but, with an undergrad. But here's my thing. It's like from his, Yale. Yeah, his, Was it Yale? Oh yeah. His bio is crazy. But my question is. His bio didn't start that way, right? That's just like four years of like them running out of ideas on what to do. So it's like, let's make him born from rape, you know? And Pretty much. It's, yeah. it's like <laughs> the – he It actually says conceived via. Conceived via Conceived via, does like, it really? Oh, yeah, I was like, Jesus. <laughs> There's a better way to write that. So, so Trey's lineage, as it were, goes yeah. all the way back to like probably the 80s. And on – you know, the show's been on the air now, I think, 53 years yeah, almost. Crazy mm-hmm. like that. It's insane. And the show called General Hospital. This this show called <laughs> General Hospital. Um, it's it, it, he his his family goes way back. So this was a new character. You know, on soap operas, sometimes they'll revive characters that have come and gone, or they're ghosts now, or they're twins, or something. This is a completely new character, but his family had been around for a while. And so yeah, based on, I haven't read that Wikipedia thing that it's you're amazing. talking about, but it's I mean I'll, I I can tell you the story. It's basically yeah he was. Conceived by by rape via um, via <laughs> rape, and uh, his mother was schizophrenic, and his father was a mobster. But Trey didn't know about that until well into his twenties because he thought his dad was an antiques dealer and blah. blah. I mean, it was it's typical like really good soap opera stuff, right? That's and so it made it made for it made for a very I mean, look, it, it, creatively as an actor, it's it 
it wasn't 100% fulfilling. And I don't think you're going to find any actor that does soap operas that, that just is diehard about that. That said, it was an amazing platform, and it is a historical show. And yeah, to be a part of it you. is, I'll always be grateful for that. And then back to the fans you mentioned, them being very, you know, very supportive, very, whatever words you choose to passionate. use, passionate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been phenomenal. Like, yeah. they're, they're, I still get stopped more for what I did on General Hospital versus anything else sure, I've done. Even, sure. even Graceland. I've been off General Hospital now for almost three years, I but guess. But it's a diehard fan base. It's a diehard yeah. fan yeah. base. And, I mean, like half the people I, I still talk to on Twitter are have been there since day one from, from, from GH. Right. And it's amazing, man. I mean, that's that's one of the things that I've really grown to love. And you you get to experience this, too, on the in the motorsports world. Yeah. You know, giving and, – and, and we'll talk a little bit more about this because that's part of the reason Ryan and I became friends on social media and everything is because I love what he does for other people on the charitable side and everything like that. And that's always been one of my biggest motivating factors. You know, when people say, oh, well, do you want to be famous or this or that? Yeah, I do, but not because I care for everybody to know who I am, but because the bigger my voice gets, the more I can do for other Absolutely. people. Right. And to be able to, even on a small scale level like – on Twitter, if somebody tweets and says, you know, hey, I, you know, watched your episode of this or that the other day, blah, 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 I always take the time to respond to them. And, right. and like at the racetrack, this is where I'm saying kind of get that parallel. You got people that come up to you and you may have never even met them before, but they've followed you on social media or seen you on, on TV racing right. or whatever. And for some odd reason, you've affected them enough for them to come up to you to care, yeah. and say something. Right. And to me, that is, that's huge. Yeah. And I think the moment, if you're given a platform like that, whether it be acting, whether it be racing, whatever it is, if you're given a platform like that and the moment you start to take that for granted, that's when you should just stop. Yeah, right, because yeah, sure. it's it's not about becoming, you know, the most recognizable person in the world so that everybody wants to know you and wants to be with you and because that stuff happens too. People people automatically want to be associated with you right. and everything, yeah. which is which is great in some ways, but you know, again, you got to look at all people's motives and stuff like that and, and associate <clears throat> yourself with the people that count and those that also want to do good for others and, and yeah. you know, just kind of go up the, go on the journey with you. And so, I mean, yeah, for me, like I said, having a fan base like that is there, they'll, I'll always, there's people that I'd know literally when they'll tweet, I, I recognize their, yeah. their name because yeah, yeah, they've, they've tweeted a million times yeah. over the years and stuff. And I love that. It's, it's awesome. I call that the, uh, the other side of the tram. Uh, my first gig out of college was on the back lot of Universal, and it was like a July, and so I'm walking to the, the production office that we're at, and the tram goes by for Universal. And it was the first time it really dawned on me, oh, shit, I'm on the other side of the tram. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm like 22 at the time, and, and I realized on that moment, like, the second it's not cool that I'm on the other side of the tram is when I need to get out. Right. right. Drawing that uh, parallel back between acting and racing, um, <coughs> General Hospital is, uh, uh, you know, any sort of soap opera, because it's a daily show and you're filming all the time, you know, uh, a lot of the, the cast are the people who are, are entry level would be the wrong term, but people who are maybe not, uh, haven't gotten as many good roles sure. in the past, or people who were in big roles and now they're kind of settling in. Um, would you say that's very similar to sort of trying to make it in a race? Because you're, 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 I assume you're given lines right before you're supposed to say them, and you sort of have to make it work, and you're there every day, and it's a grind. Um, is that similar to being sort of an entry-level driver? In a lot of ways, yeah. I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're, again, you've got this, this, this platform now that is not quite minor league. Like, it's right. still, it's an established genre. It's not as popular as it once was. 
but you still know that you suddenly have to perform. Right. right. And but it's not easy, I assume. No, it's right. I dude, I would memorize seventeen pages of dialogue a right. day on average. It wow. was insane. And, and just and just to put that in perspective at home, that's that is incredibly difficult to do. A normal movie shoots maybe a page or two a day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, even wow. even episodic yeah. television, we we would shoot eight pages a day. Six to eight pages yeah. a day. Oh Jesus. So from you know from that standpoint, it is. It's a lot like okay, you've you know you don't get you don't get the opportunity to be on a show like that without having done some legwork sure. and trained and this and that and just you know having some talent right. very similar to to motorsports like you don't you're not given a platform in a car unless you've got billions of dollars right. to just go out there and and do something so you you've already gotten to a point where you know that you've got the basic skill set there to accomplish what needs right. to be accomplished but yeah it was a lot like in this case Daytona for me where for all practical purposes, I was relearning everything right then and there. Right. And let's throw you out in a group of, of people here. And, okay, ready, set, you know, yep. action yeah. type of thing. And you only and get a take or two, I assume. You do, yeah. yeah. You and then, and then you're moving on. Yeah. And in that sense, for, for drivers coming in a new series and stuff like that, let's say, you know, it's, it's a, a full 15, 18 race series or whatever, and a driver's come into a team – with you know 30 grand which will get them into two or three races right yeah. so now they they know that they've got that and they know they have to perform because just like in a soap opera you can be killed off very easily yeah. if they don't like what you're doing and you're not performing so yeah it is in that sense you've got to come with everything that you've got to prove yourself and in some cases in both worlds even doing that isn't enough for right. for whatever reason political or otherwise you know you you lose a ride or right. you're killed off a show right. or in this case, Graceland is now canceled. Right. So <laughs> I'm uh, an un unemployed actor again. Right. And and so that's that's how these things work. And, and you know, teams, you can run a full two, three years with a team and suddenly they run out of money or they change their plans or, or whatever and all that funding is gone and right. now you're out of a job. And so and now with and with Graceland gone, I assume you're sort of in that very similar kind of driver's position where you're calling everybody you can, making sure your network knows you're, you're looking for that kind of gig. Right. Yeah, I mean, it is. And, and the good thing is... At this point, it's it's like having done a few seasons in a series. People know who I am to some degree. Again, not necessarily a household name, but people right. within the industry know who I am and what I'm capable of. Right. Just like in motorsports, if you've done three seasons of Continental Sports Car Challenge, people within that series know you and other series know right. you at this point. Right. And, right. and suddenly you're like, hey, just letting you know, yeah, I'm, I'm available or blah, blah, blah. It's a little different in the acting world because – we don't just straight up call casting directors and yeah. producers directly unless we've got – I've been able to establish some good rapport and relationships right. with a handful of producers Well, that's what I'm going to say is you're at, a, you're at a point in your career now where you can call maybe an executive producer right. that you've worked with before and let them know because they can maybe carve a role out for you right. when, they're, when yeah. they're figuring things out. Absolutely. So, or, yeah. or even, you know, here's the other thing too is it's, it's, there's a massive team of people that make – this go around this this thing being television and film just like there is a motorsport so if a team goes away everybody on that team is now unemployed so they're all looking for things somebody's right. going to land somewhere so right. this is where it all goes back to treating people relationships. well and yep. relationships yep. and having as ryan said people that want to hang out with you because ryan said that ryan said that. yeah <laughs> yesterday yeah and then you stole it oh, <coughs> or okay. tried to anyway yeah. shut that down <laughs> and so <laughs> All these people are going to go somewhere. Not, you know, they may not land on their feet right away, and they're, they're all going to go to different places. But if you've got people that know who you are, know that you're capable of delivering on whatever the job is, and also you're pretty cool to be around, they're going to they're gonna look out for you. Right. And that's, and that's right. the beauty of 
of working with a team or a collaborative effort, you know. And, and it's, 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 you know, again, it's just the waiting game sometimes it gets very frustrating. But it's, at the end of the day, look, I, I, I'm not an F1 and I'm not Tom Cruise yet. There's still hope for that. Yep. Um, but all I ever wanted to do with my life was race cars and entertain people, and that's all I do right now. Right. Which is pretty damn amazing. Right. And, you know, and then I finally found the capper of finding the, the perfect woman that understands all this. And she grew up in a race car family. She was born on a Tuesday, was at a racetrack on a oh, Saturday. Really? Okay. Uh, she drove a 72 Chevelle to high school. Her nice. brother races dirt track modifieds. Oh, like, cool. doesn't really get a whole lot better. So it's, it feels like, and this is kind of tying into the whole characters in your 30s and stuff. It feels like all of these things in life are starting to make sense now. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm not as worried as I once was with when I'm going to work again or whatever. Sure. It's, right. it's not even a matter of when. It's a matter of, or if, rather, it's, it's a matter of when now. Right. It's and that's a nice point in, this career, in your career to have that. <coughs> it really is. Yeah. yeah. Did you know that uh, Spencer Pompilla killed somebody? What? So, do you get nervous when Eric drives? Like, when he goes to the racetrack, is that something that really uh, Uh, messes with you? I've actually only been around him when he's actually racing, what, once? What, Daytona? Carts once, but Daytona, yeah. Definitely nervous. Yeah, carts and then Daytona. Because I grew up around circle track racing. Oh, no, and then uh, at the NASCAR charity thing I did. Yeah, I grew up around, like, quarter mile, dirt tracks. Right. Ovals, I can see the whole thing right nice. here, left, right, left, right. Like it's, I can see it. But at Daytona, for example, like That's so big, <laughs> yeah. you gotta I don't wait know it where out. the heck yeah. he is. I don't know if he's in one piece. I don't know if all his wheels are on. I don't know who's right. doing what around him. So and you grew like, up around that scene in Texas? Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. What kind of uh, racing was your family into? Uh, my brother races a modified. He's done UM- UMP and IMCA, uh-huh. but my favorites are sprint cars. Nice. So nice. like, yeah. I used to like World of Outlaws was my stuff right that's yeah. cool you never <laughs> so hear that i just edited myself for your show because it, yeah well we'll yeah. edit it back in yeah but that like was way vulgar yeah i'll just yeah. say it yeah. <laughs> so now you can edit <laughs> we'll that, that <laughs> right world of outlaws steve kinzer was my driver like i steve would kinzer? get out of school yeah. on right. friday go to devil's bowl and then wow. like wear the t-shirt get him to sign it oh, like cool. it's very like hillbilly-ish yeah. of me see why i'm marrying this guy like, yeah, yeah. Legit. <coughs> legit that's mm-hmm. fantastic yeah so, so but yes yeah, so i get nervous have you ever dated like out of shape pasty white guys <laughs> no okay she's got a Fair ring right. on her finger man I back off and you got an <laughs> asian and she's I love not my asian yeah, that's like what point. are you doing i'm just throwing it out there um are you an nascar fan yeah who who do you root for uh, I don't really, I don't keep up with it as much as I did, but back in the day, I was a Jeff Gordon fan for sure. Yeah, yeah. I can get yeah. behind that. Cool. Yeah, you, I had Eric? his pennant on my wall and like, you know, just. That <laughs> hardcore. Yeah, wow. junk. Yeah. Right. Eric? Jeff Gordon. In NASCAR? Are you a NASCAR fan? I, I, I am to some, I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm a motorsports fan yeah, in general, yeah. so that being said, yes, I'm a NASCAR fan. Is it my favorite genre of motorsports? No, I'm a more diehard F1 guy or, you know. Lamar type stuff or, you know, WEC or, you know, sports car racing and, and, and road racing, basically. But in NASCAR, especially now having – I do have a lot more respect for these guys because I think, you know, I don't know how much oval track experience you have, if, if any at all. But as road racers, I don't think we think we're – some people think they're better than others, but I don't think we necessarily think we're better than guys that turn left all day. But there's that mindset, I think, of, eh, you know, how hard can it really be? Right. And then last year I ended up doing this – Celebrity charity NASCAR race out of Irwindale here, oh, which cool. is you know short track. Yeah. yeah, we were in a NASCAR uh, limited late model S2 as the full thing. It's All like right. a 450 horsepower, slightly heavier 
way narrow tire, yeah. tired car. Um, but it's still you know, four fifty horsepower. That's a lot of car. Or half mile yeah. Yeah. It's three eighths or half mile, Irwin. Uh, it's, it's three eighths actually. <coughs> it's probably like it? a twenty six hundred pound car too. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's, that's yeah. basically the power to weight ratio of a GTD. Yeah. Tudor United Sports Car. Yeah, car. yeah. very similar. Yeah. So it's no joke. And I, having done that, yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So having having done that, I, I definitely gained some more respect for what the guys do. Because again, out there, it's sh it's short track stuff. So there's a lot more bumping off of each other, and we're not carrying a lot of speed. I think maybe we see a hundred, hundred and five out there at most. But you start thinking about how much we're bumping off of each other and stuff, and then you start thinking about these guys doing it with twice the amount of cars yeah they're on a super speedway but that also means they're doing 200 miles an yeah, hour but sometimes so they're at bristol you <coughs> that's know or true. martinsville and they've that's got true. 950 horsepower yeah <laughs> you know so this was a celebrity race you say yes who are you so telling so okay it was uh, and, and more importantly who is well let's find out who was yeah, who they were yeah, we, oh that's a good one yes. we should figure this out okay let's see if i can remember it was it was a, it was a pretty interesting little caitlin little no no okay no caitlin. no right. caitlin Who's no, Caitlin? Bruce. Bruce. Jenna. Oh, sh uh, shoot. <laughs> um, Ish. So it was, it was me, Mark Paul Gossler. Okay. Um, yes. uh, Lorenzo Lamas. Yes. Uh, Keep going. Mark, Mark Kriske, who's a local weatherman here. Okay. Nice. Um, he Trisha Helfer. Uh, Nathan Kress. Uh, who else was out there? Corbin Blue. Corbin Blue. Matt D'Andrea. And this is a celebrity race. <laughs> I was waiting for you to chime in. I couldn't in on resist. That. Go on. <laughs> hey, it, uh, half these kids are like like Nathan Kress, for example, right? I didn't even know who Nathan was. Right. Super nice kid, by the way. He shows up, and I we're, we're practicing for the first time. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Well, here, let's take this picture together. Oh, okay, I'm going to post it on Instagram. What's your social? Oh, it's Nathan Kress. Oh, 1.2 million followers. Oh, right. okay, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it, he's, I mean, a lot of, like, Corbin <clears throat> Blue, same thing. He's high school musical. Like, they've got a ton right. of fans. Right. They're just younger, you know, yeah, not our yeah. demographic. But... Ryan's I mean, Googling. Yeah, I don't know who the those people are. <laughs> yeah, I knew exactly. Mark Paul Gossler. Yeah. <laughs> Zach Morris. Yeah, yeah. of course. Exactly. exactly. So that's – I think that's – we kind of got through the majority of the field. There might, I can't remember who else was there. I feel like an asshole if I'm leaving somebody out. but um, They're not listening. I think you're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that said, who would, you, uh, who, would you, who would you think was shit? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, let, let, let's, let's, let's back it up. Where, where did you stack? Because I'm going to hope that you were probably you on the top end of this. Yeah. So it came down. I finished. I finished second. Okay. I lost to Zach Morris by uh, a, by a fender. But he raced. He's got a thing, Zach. Yeah. yeah. Zach. <laughs> Mark, Zach. Mark Paul. Yeah, no, it's Zach. <laughs> Who was on a little show called Saved by the Bell? Mark Paul is is a legit racer. Yeah, he he really. does. He does the celebrity Toyota. He did thing that. A, a He's bunch. done that a couple times. Yeah. He had done a, a previous one at Irwindale. So that's going right. to be and that's 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 how this story works out basically. So there's really only one good groove at Irwindale. Okay. And I'd never been on that track sure. before, and he had. And the shitty thing is, they remember they kind of inverted the field, or I don't remember what they did. They made him and I start back in sure. the back. So now you're fighting. And away. so now we're yeah. fighting, but they didn't put us side by side. He was in front of me. Okay. So from the get go, I'm having a. Yeah. I, nobody else is really. Both him and I kind of talked about it early on. We're like, this is, you know, it's going to be you and it's me. It's right. just right. going to yeah, figure yeah, out yeah. how yeah. this goes and just not get hit by anybody else. Right. And so. We make our way through, like literally, I think three laps into it, and him and I are already out front. And we had a killer battle. I mean, honestly, like it was the, all the fans in the stands there that night, even the ones that didn't know who the hell we were that just came for regular racing, right. said it was like the best race of the night nice. with him and I. It was, 
I mean, it was it was awesome, man. It was door to door stuff. Very clean. He's a very very clean racer, but he had that that groove, like yeah. mid to high groove at Irwindale. And I'd I'd go and I'd try my road race stuff again, not having a lot of oval experience. And I'd try to go and outbreak him and stuff it down low. And I'd get alongside him and then get right around in mid corner between like one and two. And I go to get back on the gas. And you can't put power down. Right. So here I am spinning tires, and he's slingshotting off. He's the riding the cushion. Yeah. And I'm like, yep. son of a bitch. So we do this for like three, four laps, and my right front tire starts overheating, and I'm pushing almost into his door, so I have to tuck him behind him, yeah. get the car settled back down again, and then try to strategically make a move again. And finally, we get down to last lap. And I mean, we're on, on his bumper, and we've been dicing it up the whole time. So I go in, one, two, I kind of follow him in and, and like push him out of two. Yeah. We go into three, and I just I'm, I go down, and I break as late as I possibly can, throw the thing in, it's getting squirrely on me. I go to get on it, and and it literally. I just. I'm, I know I'm spinning tires, but at this point, it's like let's just see if we can make this stick somehow, right. and force him into a mistake or something. And so we ended up coming out of four, and we go, and I'm literally like at his door at the finish line. It was a Oof. hell of a race. Nice. What we didn't realize is Corbin Blue damn near took both of us out on that last <laughs> he just lap. Went for it. He right, just yeah. came from nowhere and just. I mean, we looked at tape, and he was like a foot off right. of Mark Paul's bumper, but. Uh, yeah, so it was it was a good race, and the cool thing is the guys that kind of uh, the t car owners that put this thing together and let us drive their cars and stuff, they they invited me back out to drive oh, cool. for them. Yeah. So I got invited out to Bakersfield, which I couldn't do because I was filming something, and then uh, the Bull Ring in Vegas. Yeah. And so I went out to Vegas and I ran the Bull Ring oh, awesome. amongst a bunch of like Regular legit right. and guys. Just, and totally unannounced, you just show up and yeah. you're anybody to them. Just show yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and That's I kind of awesome. like that. Yeah, like, of course. It's, it's I. Again, and I hear this a lot about Dempsey, and the ironic thing is him and I, Grey's Anatomy and General Hospital are the two main productions on a little lot called Prospect Studios here. Yep, yep. We were there, for, I was there for two years. He's there for a lot more, obviously. I've met every other cast member on there, never met him on, on, on the lot. Yeah. We go to Daytona this, this year. He's on the Tudor side, I'm on Continental side, and this is going to sound very Hollywoody, but like my publicist was talking to his publicist, right. like, hey, let's... Let's, you know, we both know of each other. I mean, everybody knows who he is, but he knew of me just through the motorsports world mm -hmm. and all this other stuff, and we're going to make it happen. And then Saturday morning rolls around, and his ex-wife drops that bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, let's just not bother him. He's got a race right. to think about now. So I still, to this day, have never you met him. still never crossed paths. That's no. crazy. It's, which is very strange to yeah. me. So one of the things we've been doing as a theme on the show is passing along a question. Uh-huh. So yesterday we... Uh, had lunch with C.J. Wilson, pitcher, yeah. former pitcher for the Texas Rangers. Right. Went back to the Angels. You're cool very, story. You're very, very <laughs> bitter about that. A little bit. And uh, <coughs> I don't think C.J. understood that his question would be asked in front of your wife, or soon-to-be wife. Oh, oh shit. boy. Which is fantastic for us. Let's pull these uh, headphones off. Yeah. Now. Earmuffs. So uh, C.J.'s question was uh, – he had two questions, actually, but we're going to ask both of them because um, he changed it after the first one. The uh, first question was, uh, what is your development plan to get to mo get the most out of his – sorry, your effort level so you can get the first you can go in racing? Like, what's the plan to get you into a GT car, into a prototype, mm -hmm. or just get you to be the best racer you can be with your racing career? I mean, the plan is, is kind of – it's it's a loose one just because of the the situation. Like I can't necessarily, 
in a normal world, I would say I'm going to run a full season of Continental Sports Car Challenge and then move over to the Tudor side, something like that, right? But given my circumstances and work schedule and everything like that, it's more about utilizing the relationships at this point right. and leveraging what I can bring to the table outside of just being a race car driver. Um, what I can do, you know, whether it be appearances, whether it be, you know, speaking at charitable events, but whatever I can bring as an asset to the team is going to be the main focal, focal point and seat time, whatever, whatever, you know, forming a relationship, which we're, you know, luckily I've, I've formed a bit of a, a relationship with the guys at Momo. So, you know, Momo, every, every race car driver knows Momo. It's 50-year heritage and, right. and some amazing shit throughout those years. Kind of fell off the face of the earth in, over the past, like, 10 years. Sure. Like, not a lot of people. You talk to anybody under 25, they don't really know much about Momo. They yeah. may have seen a sticker or heard of it. There's a big hope that I will be in one of their GT3 cars at the 24 Hours of Daytona this year um, or this coming year. So, that said, the goal is to kind of do is utilize these networking abilities and the people that I know to get the seat time to then get in a car like that at these big one-off races and do well enough to continue to do one-off races. I don't know that I'll ever be able to commit to a full a full series season unless I pull a Dempsey at some point in time and make $50 million and say, <laughs> hey, I'm going to quit acting for a while and focus on WEC. Right. Um, which is the goal. I mean, that would be uh, that would be amazing. But yeah, I think now it's going to be focusing on these these big one-off events. Um, I was just down close to the border of Mexico today, testing in a Class 10 buggy um, because we're working again, kind of with the Momo guys and some other people. Uh, Pete's Camp Racing, who they've won the 500 and the 1000 and everything like that. A guy named Rafael Navarro, um, who works for another tire manufacturer. Nope. Um, nope. But uh, <laughs> he. Um, yeah, he's uh, he also uh, races off road, and yeah. so anyway, we're working on a program there to to run the Baja 1000. I don't know; it's only five and a half weeks away, six weeks away. So whether or not we'll actually make this year's 1000 is still up in the or whether I will. I mean, sure. they're going to run at least one car. I don't know if they're going to run two. Um, and so whether or not I'll be in that car this time around is still up in the air. I will definitely be in that car at some point in time down the road, which to me is badass. Like. All my racing has been on asphalt, and it's predominantly been road racing, aside from these, you know, couple of uh, oval track stuff we just talked about. But I mean, dude, I have, have you ever been? Either you guys ever been in, in off road? No, in, I want to do it so bad. Oh my god, yeah, dude, it it's awesome. It's insane. So we're going out today. Today was your kind of first real taste of it. It right? was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, aside from growing up in El Paso, Texas, and just taking my '85 sure. Bronco two out there and doing <laughs> stupid shit when you're a teenager. <laughs> what color was your Bronco? It was blue and white, two-tone. My buddy in high school, that was like our first friend that had a car. He had a Bronco, too, and it was like powder blue. Ah. It was just god-awful. We loved this, that thing. This was like a navy <laughs> blue and white with like a powder blue pinstripe yeah, that separated yeah, the colors. Believe it. But it was my grandpa's, and he left it to me when he passed away. So to me, it was the coolest thing yeah, in the right, world. Yeah, right, totally. And, but anyway, aside from that, this was my first you know, real go at doing anything right. out in the desert. And. You know, some people that are obviously there's a lot of big motorsports fans that are going to be tuning to this will will know that <laughs> the Patrick Long also ran with these Pete's uh, uh, camp okay, guys. He yeah, yeah, yeah. won the 1000 right, with them. Right. And so uh, it was cool having these conversations with them today. I know I've known most of the guys for a while, but some of the guys that, that wrench on the on the car and everything like that were making that you know that correlation there. Not necessarily. I'm never going to put myself in the same realm as Pat Long because the dude's stupid talented, but we're both coming from like a, a road racing type of thing. And the thing is, it's, it's, it's so badass, but it's so 
different. I mean, in in road racing, you know, you're fighting the car a little bit here and there if the setup's not great. But if the setup's great, typically you're hitting your marks, you're turning in, there's a lot of grip, you power down, you go out of a turn, and then you're there. I mean, it's right. never that perfect, but that's the idea. Out here, man, it's just pin it and let the car do what it's going to do and don't fight it too much. And as long as you're not getting out of the groove, just hang on. Right. And then, you know, you go through these – we're going through these whoops that literally some of these, these – dips were as, as deep as she is tall they're like five feet deep it's Whoa. insane and you're just big you know hitting them <laughs> it, it is actually it's Six two right it's uh <laughs> it's i mean we're, we're going at it 70 miles an hour by the way which is 70 miles an hour on dirt might as well be 170 on asphalt right it's it's, right. it's insane uh the second question was can you describe the quality level at the racetrack versus the quality level at the set He's not talking about the staff. <laughs> Candace, um, would you like to answer this? Uh, no. You, sh you, <laughs> you might want to go to the restroom before we hit the road home. It's a bit of a drive home. Hmm. Just if you're. Um, this is going out over the air, so. No, I know. Uh, the, the level. Yeah, we can talk openly about this. She's she's secure. She knows that I'm coming home to her. Um, <laughs> It varies. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of beautiful people in Hollywood, and I've been able to work with a lot of beautiful people in Hollywood. Um, that said, for the most part, the outfits at a racetrack are – they don't leave a whole lot to the imagination. Um, sure. I mean <laughs> – well, that, That's very specific to tire models. Yeah, right. pretty much so. Right. Well, yeah. <coughs> I mean, <coughs> what are we talking? Fans here? Are we talking like Did whatever you, you want it to be. Uh, yeah, this kid <laughs> literally. Yeah, anything you want. I mean, <laughs> fans. There's there there's some crossover there actually. So they're all about the same. It's uh, this is a hard question to answer <laughs> properly. Should I really leave? He's, he's no. Gonna, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, how many races do you go to, Candace? How many races? Yeah. Um, lately, not very many. Okay. In my life, a ton. But you went, you went to Daytona, though. Yeah, I did go okay. to Daytona. So, uh, uh, did he get recognized <coughs> at Daytona at all? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, so let's just say the uh, the the lady fans that recognize him at Daytona. Right. How would you compare them to the lady fans that would recognize him in in Toluca Lake? Um. Wow. I'm gonna sound like a huge raging bee. Absolutely. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. They're passionate. They're passionate. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll skip. We'll move on. Yeah. <laughs> so who are we interviewing next? Uh, well, we, so we have one you. of. No, uh, next. <coughs> we, yeah. We, so we now you now have to pass this this you question. Find on. a question, right? So our next guest is uh, Paul Fanner, and Paul. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar Racer with him. Magazine. Racer I don't magazine. know a whole lot about him. That's right, okay. Right. Um, but yeah, Racer, and, and he's let's just say he's been in sort of the the journalism business of sure. motorsports for a very long time. So if there was if there was one chance you had to ask him a question, what would it be? Jeez. Um, hmm. I mean, I guess it would be, you know, what it would take to, because this is kind of not so secretively, but always been a, another kind of dream of mine. I, I had a, a subscription to Motor Trend Magazine and Car and Drive and everything when I was a kid. That's like what I wanted for gifts right. for Christmas and birthdays and stuff. And part of me always wanted to write for these magazines, to okay. review, to do this or that. So I guess, in, I guess the best question would be, what would Eric Valdez have to do 
to get a guest column here or there in Racer Magazine. I have one. You're about to say, you just need a good... Just, just start driving. If, yeah, <laughs> if, only, yeah. if only... I think it's a laptop. Knew, uh, yeah, if right. only we knew a PR <laughs> guy that normally can set that stuff up. Or me. Or Ryan. Or Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, then well. I should find a better question for... <laughs> no, um, that one's good. That's I'll probably good call you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, what did you want? <laughs> <laughs> just send us something. <laughs> Click. Write some shit. Hangs up. Cool. All right. Sweet. Uh, when it comes to uh, take what you did this morning, uh-huh. obviously, obviously, kind of being all in one piece, being a good-looking guy is a big part of of your career. <laughs> Do you does that ever become a concern when you get behind the wheel that like if something went wrong, you you kind of don't want to screw up your money maker? Not really. Okay. I mean, I guess if I'm honest with myself, is there more in- inherent fear now that I'm in my 30s? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, I you know I don't I'm not the guy I was when I was 19, 20 years sure. old. Back then, and I think this goes for everybody, especially race car drivers, there is no fear. Like, you, you get in the car, and you just go as fast as you possibly can, and the idea of ever crashing never enters your mind until you crash or until you go off. And luckily, I've never had any major incidents, but, you know, some things have woken me up. And now, the, the, the biggest thing for me is, yes, there's a career to lose, but more than anything, and it's not just because she's sitting here, like, I've, got, I've now got this new stage in life, and so... Right. All of those things start to enter your head and everything, and the, the the sad reality of that is, in all honesty, it's probably made me a few tens slower than I probably was in my sure. 20s because you do have those thoughts that go in there. I don't ever think – You should blame the setup, by the way, not the uh, not the fear. That's what I, that's why I go with okay, all the time. Good. Good. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Left front shock is just off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ironic thing is, as an actor, to portray whatever character you're portraying, you kind of have to – remove everything else and become this character. And so those two things parallel more than I ever thought. I mean, if you tell the average person, yeah, race car driver and actor, they're like, you know, apples and, and tires. They it, it literally <laughs> two completely, not even apples and oranges. They're just way far removed. But there's so many similarities that it's, you know, it's, it's crazy, actually. The hustle involved from trying to get rides and trying to keep rides and stuff. The, you know, the schmoozing involved in the networking side of things. The, you know, physical fitness that you have to, to maintain to either, you know, be able to do stunts or look aesthetically pleasing in the Hollywood world or be able to sit in a car for two hours at a time with a heart rate at like 165 plus and not die. Like, it's, there's all these different things that a lot of people don't realize really go hand in hand. And or the, the perception of glitz and glamour when in reality it's not. Oh, that, yeah, absolutely. That's a big part of it. That's, yeah. that's the, and, and I'm sure you get this too. I mean, people, people see actor on television, race car driver, factory driver for Acura, we're millionaires, right? Uh, I'm raking it in. Yeah. Like yeah. I, have a, I have a jet <laughs> yeah. and a to, yacht. To middle America, yeah. we're like, yeah. 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 And that's just not the reality of it. I mean, the thing I've, I've – I, I keep it real with everybody. I always right. have. And the thing is, like, sure, I make pretty decent money now. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not rich by any means, but I, I make a decent living. But here's the reality of it. I'm just now getting to the point where I can live comfortably because right. for the first six years of my career – it literally, here's the uh, abbreviated version of my journey, but moved out here to Pasadena, lived with roommates, moved into a $1,000 a month, 400-square-foot loft in Hollywood. Yep. Rider's strike happened in 08. Economy went in 08. My little small business that I started had no business in 08. So guess what? I couldn't afford to pay rent for three months. I had a landlord that was very gracious and let me stay there to the point where my 
pride wouldn't let me continue to do that because I didn't see light at the end of the tunnel. And I lived in my 2004 Mini Cooper S for about a week before I could get rid of that pride and then sleep on buddy's couches right, for right, right. another few days. And luckily, right. it didn't last much beyond that. But I think that's one of those things in life that kind of tests you as to how bad do you want it. Right. You know, again, whether you want to be a race car driver or an actor in this case or anything else, if you want to own a hot dog cart in Times Square, if that's a dream of yours, you have to be willing to go through whatever it is right. to get there. Right. And I have a very supportive family, thankfully. You know, we didn't come from money or whatever, but they were always there. You know, no matter what you want to do, we're there to support you. I could have gone back to Texas when tucked tail and just said, you know, F this. This is too difficult and gone back, but I, I, I wanted it, you know, and, and I was willing to do whatever it took to get there. And, and I think that that speaks volumes as cliche as it is, right. you know, I'm, I'm a massive dreamer, always have been, but if you have big dreams, you have to be a doer and you have to be willing to go through whatever right. it is to achieve those. And so, you know, that's, that's always been kind of my little motivational speech, so to speak, when, when people ask, you know, well, how did you get there or, you know, blah, blah, blah or whatever. And it's it just literally there's no – unless you're born into billions of dollars and, you know, it's just and, – and money isn't the answer to everything, but that just – that there's really no other way of getting around right. any, any dream right. other than hard work and perseverance and all that other stuff. Well, and just like raising the uh, – you know, we all <coughs> know the wealthy drivers, but uh, kids that come into acting who have money – um, it, they can't necessarily buy themselves a role like you can in, in racing. Okay, Some yeah, can. Yeah. But what they can do is buy themselves leverage and time and not have to work that, that, that night shift at a, at right, a restaurant. Or right. or, and so they, they can put time in. Does that ever frustrate you at all when you were coming up? That uh, No. Mm-hmm. In all honesty, I've, I've, I don't, I've never compared myself to anybody else. Not to say I'm better than anybody else. I just – I. I know my strong suits and my weaknesses, and I'm, you know, day in and day out, I learn more about my strengths and weaknesses. I think that's just an ongoing process. But knowing that, the only person I've got to compete with is myself. Right. And and Patrick Dempsey. And Patrick <laughs> Dempsey, who has way better hair than I do. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it just it never really that part of it never really affected me, and it wasn't. I mean, sure. Let's if if I'm real, we all have our moments where we're way down here, and we're yeah. like, why is it's so difficult right. for right. Why am to, I going to There has this? to have been a guy that you were on <clears throat> a project with. You're like, how the f*** did that guy get oh, that Oh, there's deal? several yeah. of them. Yeah. Yes. We'll, we'll see. She knows because she reads my auditions with me all the time. Yeah. And we'll see a show come, you know, three or four months down the road. We see the scene that I auditioned for or the show that I auditioned for, yeah. if it's a new show, get picked up and see the guy playing the character that I auditioned for. And she's worse than me. She'll yell at the TV. That's what the f blah blah blah. He's this fug. Yeah, yeah, he's right. fug, and you're just <laughs> this. And you know, thankfully, I got the cheerleader in my corner. So here. Radio Disney, the way she said that. <laughs> I love right, that. Right, right, right. Fug. But <laughs> it's you know, you. So yeah, I have those moments where it's it's frustrating. But at the end of the day, it's just part of part of the business. You get a part on New Girl. Yeah, as the, that's the coolest title of any character role I've ever had. Douchebag number two. Oh, yeah. Douchebag number two is what Not even number one. Right, right. Not even number one. No. So at any point, are you like, oh, cool, I'm being cast as a douchebag? Is that like <laughs> when you're going into the room, do you walk in and look around like, are we all, do we all look like And what's the, like, what's the proud call to your parents like? That one, that? it's, you have to, you have to be able to laugh at yourself, <laughs> right. in all honesty. Right. Those types of jobs, if I'm honest, that that's a paycheck job. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's at that point where, you know what? I don't really have a whole lot of money saved up right now. Here's an opportunity. It's going to pay, you know, I think I probably, to go play douchebag number two for those 
two episodes, I probably got paid a few thousand dollars, yep. right? Which at the time was like, hey, yeah. that's good money. And yeah. I still get residual checks for douchebag number two. Right. Yep. They're like $3.61. But, <laughs> but those are douchebag checks. Yeah. That buys iced tea. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, uh, but no, I mean. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get the iced tea. Don't worry about it tonight. Sweet. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'll let you, you guys can be douchebag three and four. Yes. There I'm you three. go. Yeah, I wasn't, even, I wasn't even going to question that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there are certain roles like that that, that you don't, you know. You can't be completely choosy right off the right. bat. And the thing is, you can't let your ego get the best of you either. You right. have to laugh about it. <clears throat> ah, yeah, I'm going to play douchebag, and I'm going to be the best oh. damn douchebag ever. Right, right. You know? So when you're going to these auditions and you walk in, do you see the same group of guys that you've been? Occasionally. Yeah, so it's kind of like, oh, hey. The, At uh, this level especially. Now, early on, it's just a, you know, it's, it's a yeah. plethora. For these smaller, ironically, and it's the weirdest thing in the world, like, I can't remember what show it was, but and I didn't even book this role, but I had an audition once early on, and I should not. It was one line, and it might have been even one word. I don't remember. I don't remember what it was, but it was. It was literally like let's just say it's it's T was the thing, and and you'd go in, and and they literally called in. There's probably 30 guys there, and we all went in and like T, and that's the audition, <laughs> that's it. yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like. How, what, why? Why right. do you even waste time with something like that? Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, And that's what people don't realize is you probably had to go to like one of these herding calls where you're showing up. It's like show up between eight and two, right? And do it. So you're there with a hundred guys and you're losing six hours of your day I for mean, one line. Luckily, I didn't. I didn't quite have to start there just okay. because I did. I did have some connections when I moved out here, which is how I did Gilmore Girls and everything. Okay. Again, very small role. Right. I think I did three episodes, and I think cumulatively, I probably had. Four or five scenes. Right. Candace? Yes. Can you scrap? What? Can you scrap? Are you a fighter? Uh, if I have to be, sure. Because I, I'm going to make a bold prediction that is, as, uh, as Eric's racing career continues to elevate, <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to have that moment where you tussle with another driver or a bad call is made or something like that. I, I'm, I'm guessing you're going to be the girl. Oh, yeah. to somebody. Are you going to be that girl? If it's anything else outside of motorsports, I'll yep. probably be like, whatever. But, like, I know what heart and, like, <laughs> things go into, like, being a racer. And, like, no, I'll go after somebody. So we can nice. see you. So you would one day slap Max Pappas? I don't know who Max is. Good. Um, <laughs> but don't worry about it. But if he tries to mess with my man on the track, yeah, I'll come All right. Yeah, that's go. my girl. We're going to see you on highlights. I like that. We're yeah. going to see you on highlights. I'm excited. <laughs> She's uh, Yeah, she she would be a scrapper. It's a good thing she wasn't in Vegas when that guy hit me on the last oh, lap. Because yeah. she would have I would have probably lost, lost it. it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, <laughs> All right, thanks well, for coming, guys. Yeah. Really appreciate the time. It was awesome, man. How long did I talk for? An hour. Yeah. All right. Well. Guys, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank yeah. you. Connell's got, got the, the check. check. I'm finished. And there you go. Eric Valdez and his fiance Candace. Gotta say, you can see why that guy is where he's at, because he is incredibly likable. And if you were listening, you heard a uh, mention that he might run the Baja 1000. And uh, while we were putting this together, I uh, sent a text back and forth with him. And uh, just to give you a quick update, he is running the Baja 1000, which at the time of this release, he should be sort of right in the thick of it. So uh, wishing him luck. Hope it goes well. And to play us out, we will play a lady by the name of Elle Carpenter. Uh, we share a mutual friend who thought she, uh, she might be a good fit for this. So uh, here's a song of hers called Open Heart, also available on iTunes. Thanks for listening.
Christmas be 